Hello and welcome back to Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined as always by Tyler Pointier. And Tyler, we've got a fun show lined up today. I know um, usually we see pretty football heavy, but we've got we try to bring a section of coaches and perspectives. And today just happened to be the Williamson County uh, private school day, uh, unintentional yeah. here with our guests, but we are going to speak to. Uh, in just a moment, we're going to speak to Brentwood Academy throwing coach Steve Wade, and then later on, we'll have Grace Christian Academy baseball coach Brad Meyer. So, so two guests we're we're excited to talk to today. Uh, but before we get to those interviews, I want to remind everybody this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. We're going to go ahead and welcome in Steve Wade now with Brentwood Academy. He's going to join us by phone. Steve, thanks for being here. Hey, how you doing today? Pretty good, Steve. And hey, we know you coach uh, Mincy Stiff, the Ole Miss commitment, who is um, you know a female thrower in the state and arguably one of the top in the nation uh, in her class. She's already got six state championships to her name, three national titles. I mean, just really impressive stuff from Mincy. From Mincy. Um, what's something maybe people don't know about her throwing technique, and and why is it difficult to do what she does? <clears throat> Well, let me answer the second question first. Throwing a shot put and or a discus and really any any of the other throwing implements that uh, are not sanctioned by TSSAA, like the hammer throw, the weight throw, and the javelin, those movements are about as complex as, you know, hitting a baseball and hitting a golf ball in terms of, uh, you know, the technical aspects. So, you know, the, the people winning the Masters, they don't win the Masters every year. They don't have a good golf tournament usually every time out. You know, uh, uh, Major League Baseball top batters are, you know, batting 350 or less. So it's a complicated movement. And, you know, you're not going to break records every track meet. And every throw is not going to be great. But I do use the batting average vernacular with her frequently, which is, you know, if you want to be a great thrower, you got to continue to increase your batting average. You can't go out and, you know, especially some of these local meets when you got three throws, uh, as happened at the meet on Saturday where she broke both state records in the shot and discus. You got three times. That's it. There's no finals. There's no, you know, it's just you got three opportunities. And um, so you increase your batting average, you increase your, your chances of breaking records. So it's a very complicated movement. Um, which takes a lot of uh, technique, strength, and power, and a lot of training goes with that. In terms of her technique, you know, every thrower is different. Uh, she's more of a power. She's got a lot of power and explosion. She's not, uh, you know, a six-foot-tall thrower. Um, you know, she's 5'10", which is not short by any stretch. But so I think her future is probably in uh, the shot put. She'll be a great shot put discus thrower in college, but in terms of Olympic potential, it's probably shot put. And she'll also learn how to throw the hammer and the weight throw when she gets to college and will be with arguably the best hammer and weight thrower coach in the country. Yeah, just so impressive what she's done, Steve. I almost need a my own little almanac or media guide to run down the things, that, the records and things that she's done, uh, you know, She's now broken the shot put record six times, uh, I believe, at last count. It's happened twice in the la- in as many weeks. Uh, latest throw, I believe, a 52-foot, 11-inch uh, mark. 
yep. this past week. Uh, what was that, Saturday? That was this past Saturday, yes. That's right, that's right. Okay, and then also uh, rebroke her, her discus record, uh, 165 feet, 7 inches. At last count, rebroken the, the shot record six times and the discus record, I believe, four times. Um, what What is the key to the rapid improvement there? To be able to do that week after week, I know some of it's just being able to perform on the spot, but anything that you can point to that she's able to just keep building on what she's doing in quick amounts of time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll go back to the, again, the golf swing. You know, it's... Uh, you got to have a, you got to have a good golf swing coach and you got to know how to, you know, push the right buttons at the right time and not overcomplicate what is a very complicated movement. And so, you know, um, when we came out of the indoor season, which again, TWSWA doesn't sanction that in Tennessee, but there is a thriving indoor, uh, competition season for track and field here. Um, you know, she had an injury, she uh, uh, pulled her adductor, which is that inner muscle, inner thigh muscle, which is vitally important in throwing. Um, you know, motored through the indoor season, didn't throw. She won the national championship, Nike national championship, uh, despite that injury. Didn't throw as well as she wanted to. You know, that messed with her technique. Um, and so now we're just kind of getting out of her thinking about the injury. It's behind her. We're now getting back into honing the, 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 the technical aspects of the throw again. And so when she broke the record, the shot record at the uh, Scott Hartman Invitational at Brentwood High School, you know, we, we just started getting past some of that baggage related to the injury. And so, uh, you know, then we get to a beautiful day to throw on Saturday. And, you know, that just that 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 progress continued. The other aspect of why she's throwing farther is her uh, strength training program. You know, when I look at uh, pictures and videos of her throwing when she was a sophomore, when she first broke the state shot put record, which had been around for 37 years, by the way, um, you know, it looks like a different person. So, you know, really two plus years of intensified strength training, and exponential increases in all of the explosive lifts, Olympic lifts, um, you know, really are paying dividends in what she's doing right now. And that will continue in college. So, Steve, with how much work has gone into this and, and how much Mincy has to show for, you know, all the training she's done with you and, and just in general, I mean, how much fun has this been to coach her over the years? Well, you know, I've coached a, a lot of good throwers. Um, I mean, I've, I've coached a, a kid that threw at Brentwood High School who missed his senior year, by the way, a boy named Skylar Coffey, who, uh, you know, the COVID year uh, when he would have been a senior. And uh, we did have one track meet that year, and he threw the farthest discus throw in the history of the state of Tennessee. It did not count as a state record because, you know, it, was, uh, it happened in June after his senior year, but 201 feet. The current state record, by the way, the official state record is 191 feet. So he threw 10 feet farther than what is currently recognized as the state record, but he missed his senior year. So, so I've, ha- I've had the benefit of coaching great ones like that. Uh, it, my own son won two state championships at Brentwood High School in shot put. And so, and I've got other state champions. But in terms of 
that group and Menzi, um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I would have been doing handstands if I ever had a thrower one time in their entire career broke one record. Okay. Not to mention a national championship. So I can't even really come to terms with what I'm in the middle of right now with her. Um, it's unfathomable. It's, it's never been done in the history of Tennessee track and field. As far as I know, I'd like somebody to tell me if it, if it has been in terms of this sheer volume of breaking state records, it's never been done. I don't know if it ever will be done. And so, um, I'm kind of in a fantasy world right now. I don't even know what to think about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, you made a good point, Steve, that we didn't mention that the previous uh, records she held were, you know, were 37 years old. And as those get in track, as those get older and approach 40 years, people probably start to wonder how long, if ever, it will, uh, those would be broken. So that, that really, that's some good context there. Um, when you look at her future, is she going to be able, do you think she's capable of competing for NCAA titles? in both shot and discus. And when you look at just the shot, how realistic uh, is, is Olympic success for her? You know, I, I, I keep all that in perspective. You never know under, I mean, m- maybe once in a while, you know, and people don't know all the, the track who's who list, but, uh, you know, you, you can look at some kids in high school. You know, I look at uh, Sydney McLaughlin, the great uh, hurdler who, you know, is a, is a generational type runner. And you could look at her in high school and go, okay, yeah, she, she's going to be in the Olympics one day. And lo and behold, not only is she winning gold medals, she's setting world records multiple times. Uh, when you get into throwing uh, or jumping or anything else, it's very difficult to sit here and say, oh, yeah, they're absolutely unequivocally going to make it to the Olympics. And so what I say with regard to Menzi and anybody else is um, she checks all the boxes, you know, work ethic, uh, unparalleled work ethic, uh, God-given explosiveness and strength, uh, you know, uh, good technical platform to, to get better on in college. And most importantly, a great college coach who she'll be getting developed under when she gets to Ole Miss, who, by the way, was the coach for the last woman who won the Olympic trials in Chopper. So, um, and, and who also developed the current world record holder in the women's weight throw, uh, et cetera, et cetera. His, his resume is we could spend an hour talking about that. So he's one of my coaching mentors. And uh, so she'll be getting developed at the right place uh, with the right weightlifting program, the right technical aspects, and she'll have an opportunity. I mean, you know, can I sit here and go, oh, yeah, somebody's going to go throw, throw 65 feet and go to the Olympics? Hard to say, but uh, she has as good of a chance to do that as anybody, you know, over, over I guess, the next Olympics after this one's 2028. Between now and 2028, a lot of ground to cover, but. I will not be shocked at all if she's not certainly in the Olympic trials and if she does make it to the Olympics because she's that that good that early and will have that foundation. So, Steve, for, for those who may not know the story, can you tell the one about how Mincy broke the basketball backboard during an indoor practice last year? 
Yeah, you know, uh, I think she got like, I don't know, I'm not a social media guy, but somebody told me she got like 5 million uh, TikTok hits or whatever, whatever. Uh, it was viral, beyond viral. So, and, and she got she got a lot of, uh, you know, people calling her dumb. Why, why would you throw a shot put in a gym, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There, there are indoor shot puts. They are not made of steel. You know, they are hard plastic shell so you can throw we throw them in the gym all the time they don't hurt the floor um it that was really my fault we were in an auxiliary gym at ba the basketball goal was down she had never hit it before never gotten close to it before and so uh she yanked the throw over to the left and much to my amazement it hit the backboard and the backboard ended up in eight million pieces on the floor that's, so, that's uh, actually – oh, go ahead, Steve. Yeah, so uh, the baseball team was uh, in the next gym over practicing, and uh, it was – I told her, to put it in perspective, you could win the gold medal at the Olympics, okay? You will be remembered, unfortunately, at Brentwood Academy as the girl who broke the backboard. Because you know kids love that kind of stuff. That's right, and you made a good you made a good point. Yeah, you didn't know how you, you, just, you never know how far she's going to throw it day to day. Uh, so you thought that thing was out of range, and nothing's been out of range for her. Uh, I, I Steve, I remember at the grade eight, I believe it was last year, uh, maybe I can't remember a couple of years ago, but there wasn't a TSSAA uh, official present, or maybe we caught her, maybe you caught her sleeping a little bit. To, to mark out a potential state record. Are those officials fully aware now when she's throwing? Does she kind of draw a crowd at these things now? Is it like all eyes on her when she's, when she's in that circle? Well, yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I have personally put in a lot of work with the TSSAA about record setting. I helped them develop a brand new record application form uh, because it's kind of been a sort of an unknown cottage industry in my opinion for a long time nobody really well, you know nobody really knows well how do we actually break a record and so uh uh i'm working with their track and field committee um or I, i'm going to be i'm talking to somebody on the committee about trying to institutionalize some of these procedures so that all the coaches in, in the in the tennessee know how to do it so for instance at the grade eight last year I got with the TSSAA, uh, the guy who heads up track and field, and I said, hey, do you want to send an official over there, or will you grant meat-specific uh, certified status for the guy who's the meat director, who happens to be one of the foremost track and field officials in the state of Tennessee, and he, who the TSSAA guy knew. So he granted him in writing – uh, that status for that meet so that in the event any records were broken, he could be the one to certify them and he, that they would be sanctioned by TSSAA. Uh, that happened last year, and that's going to happen again this year. So it behooves the coaches who have athletes who can break records to get engaged at the TSSAA level and make sure that there are officials there uh, and I don't want to speak for TSSAA. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to be willy-nilly with granting certification to people, but 
you know, if they're not actually under their umbrella all the time, but you at least got to put a little effort forth and make sure that the, you know, the, the, the things are in place so that records can be broken. Um, if you got an athlete that can do it. Well, Steve, we enjoyed the conversation today. Thanks for being here and thanks for always keeping us up on, uh, the latest that's happening with, with Mincy and everything else over there at Brentwood Academy. So we've, we, um, closely as the see kind of gets to its, its uh, most important point here. Appreciate it. Sounds great. Y'all have a great day. Thanks, Steve. That's been Brentwood Academy throwing coach Steve Wade. We are going to uh, go to a quick commercial break and then come back and talk to great Academy baseball coach Brad Myers. Brown. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> <laughs> other guy Wham married the best looking girl Bananarama, so other guy Wham had pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think about calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. We're back on Main Street Preps this week, and we are now by Grace Christian Academy baseball coach Brad Myers. Brad, how are you today? Hey, good. How are y'all doing? Hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. By next, by this time next week, hard to believe, but GCA's regular season will be over. You guys are at seventeen and six right now. Um, how would you assess where your team stands with the postseason quickly coming up here? Well, we're gonna we're gonna find out pretty quick. Um, you're right. It is. It's hard to believe it's, it's here. Um, it'll be interesting. We've kind of been, our intensity levels kind of been up and down, 
um, depending on who we're playing. And, um, you know, it, it's last night we got beat and, um, we're going to, we're going to find out pretty quick. We're off to Cincinnati, um, for the next, we got father Ryan tonight and then we're gone for three, four days up in Cincinnati going to play some really good teams and then come back and we'll be ready for the tournament. I hope. And Brad, uh, this is Tyler. You guys will be, uh, going for your, your second D two a state final four appearance here in a few weeks. Uh, when you look around the division, is there a favorite? How do you like how those teams are stacking up? Um, well, I'd say for sure, good pasture. Um, um, I think good pasture. Um, CA is playing really good right now. Um, Silverdale and, and there's so many, uh, there's some good teams. Our division is, is very good. I think it's pretty, uh, pretty balanced. Um, and yeah, looking forward, looking forward to seeing how far we can make a run. Yeah, quite a bit of help, uh, on your staff with, a some great assistant coaches that have pro baseball experience time Waldox uh, pitching coach, Don Cooper, former Padres and Yankees third baseman, Chase Headley. And then uh, another MLB ex MLB journeyman and Matt Merton on the staff. How valuable has it been for your players to be exposed to that level of knowledge and pro ball experience? Well, I think, I think for sure it has helped. And more importantly, they may have all that, all that experience, but they're, they're just better people. Um, I mean, they're they're just awesome to have around, um, and you know their experience is unbelievable. I mean, I, they what do they need me for, right? I mean, they've got they've got some great guys, some great coaches, um, and you know, more importantly, they got they got great men um, pouring into them. So, yeah, it's awesome. It's it's been great. It's been great for me. It's uh, we also added uh, Garrison Price this year. He is. Uh, he played down at Dallas Baptist and um, over at Bryan College, and he's been a, another piece of the puzzle that, that has worked out well. Don't don't sell yourself short, Brad. They need you. You are the you are the talent manager. You are the general manager. Um, going back to to Don, he Don was with the White Sox. <laughs> Don was with the White Sox through the 2020 season. How did he end up at GCA? Well, he had uh, – I had done some camps down down in Florida for Ken Griffey Jr. And uh, he was down there. This has probably been – golly, it's been 21, 22 years ago because it's time he was the minor league pitching coordinator for the White Sox and got to know him um, – got to know him a little bit down there and really didn't want to bother him. He said he was going to be spending the offseason up here um, – and the first off season, I didn't, I didn't call him and then go back to the camp. It was actually during Thanksgiving and go back there. And he's like, Hey, why didn't, why didn't you call me? I'm living in Nashville. And I was like, I didn't want to bother. And he's like, you bother me. And I was like, all right. So that next off season, I gave him a call and uh, he started helping over at BGA when I was there for a long time. He, he worked with my pitchers in the off season and then, um, I've just stayed in contact with him, and since I came to Grace, um, since he retired, he's been he's been helping out. The last few weeks, he has been he's kind of on the been on the DL. He hurt his back, uh, oh, probably in December. He had surgery on it, so he has not been around. And I'm hoping to get him back for the tournament. Let's talk about uh, Phillips. He is home in seven straight games. Um, also, a key part of the pitching staff. Recently committed to to Middle Tennessee. 
what can you say that Trace is playing right now? Um, well, Trace is uh, Trace has been playing very good. Um, he is, uh, I mean, he's leading the team, I think, in home runs and, and average. And, um, you know, he's, uh, he's kind of the pulse right now. And um, some of the other guys have, have – um, I mean, they've been working hard and doing well. As, um, but Trace has definitely stepped up this year. And, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to death that he signed with Metal. I think that's a good fit for him. And we'll just – we'll see how – we'll see how it, how it goes. And David Hamilton, another guy, Jacksonville State commitment. He's kind of emerged this year, uh, hitting 400 with seven homers and 27 RBIs. Were you, were you expecting that kind of impact from him before the year? Um, no, I was not. Um, you know, this year he he has worked extremely hard. I'm I'm very proud of him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he worked extremely hard this off season, and um, and has really really done well. Um, you know, I think he started out hitting in the seven, eight hole and has emerged as one of our best hitters. And um, he's extremely hard worker, good kid. And I'm really, I'm really proud of him and what he's been able to accomplish this year. Brad, last year I got to come out to a GCA game there at Clyde Pewitt field. And I was fascinated by the setup you guys have. It's, I remember you said it was about 305 feet all around the field, making it uh, that same wouldn't care, but it seems to to work out for your team pretty well. Uh, I think you've only lost one game at home this year. What do you guys like about playing there? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I think it's I think it's comfortable for us. Um, you know, when we first started playing out there, some of the region and district games, I'd always move to um, some of the bigger games. I'd move to Trebekah or Lipscomb, and you know, we've kind of grown accustomed to it, um, and. It is really play. I think it plays to our advantage, um, and we fortunately we have we have played very well there over the last two years, and hopefully we can keep that streak going. Yeah, one of the great things about baseball is the uh, the the differences in the parks. Yeah, you know, I think about NBA has a short kind of a short porch and right with uh, additionally a sizable hill near the fence that uh, an outfielder would have to. Mm-hmm to navigate. So definitely just, I think one of the most unique and best things about, about playing baseball, but l- one last thing here, uh, Brad, before we get you out, uh, division one moved to a best of three series and sectionals. Uh, do you like that move for that division? Uh, has it worked out well in D two? Yes, I think it's very good. I think it's, um, I think that's the best way to do it for sure. Um, and it was, it was really nice at TWSAA to, uh, to take our, um, the Tennessee Baseball Coaches Association. We uh, we came to them, asked them, proposed it, and um, they were gracious enough to accept it. And I think it's gonna. I think it's really gonna work out. There's gonna be some bigger games, some bigger crowds, and I think it should work out well. It's worked out well with the Division Two, so I'm I'm happy that they get to experience that. I think it'll be a good thing for high school baseball in general. Well, Brad, we appreciate your time today. Uh, Safe travels this weekend to Cincinnati, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing how uh, your team does here in the the postseason. Well, I surely appreciate what you all do for um, high school athletics and uh, and baseball in the spring in particular, and really appreciate you all, and you all keep up the good work, and come on out to the Clyde. It's it's our last season there. Next year we'll be on a 
in a new stadium and looking forward to that. Yeah, that's been Grace Christian Academy baseball coach Brad Meyer. This time, uh, Steve Wade caught that interview. If not, be sure to catch the replay or the podcast recording. Um, and Tyler, that's going to that's gonna do it for today. So before we get out of here, I want to remind everybody this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. For Tyler Palmatier, I'm Russell Venosi. This has been Main Street Preps this week, and we'll see you next time, same time, same place. Talk to you then. <laughs>